1: No relation NFL podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, you are in Pittsburgh. I want to get to this right away. Six words that probably scare the hell out of the people in the burg. Maybe I don't have it anymore. I'm sure you've been talking about that for 48 hours, huh?
0: Yeah, it, it's been brought up. That's needless to say. Um, <laughs> what's funny I've never is heard something like that before. This is the context I think it's been, you know, been brought up as. And I I think Steeler fans should hope this is true, is a lot of us have been questioning, you know, how Ben's been playing, you know, in the media, in the Steeler media, a lot of beat reporters, including myself. And there has been talk, you know, obviously with his age, is he nearing the end, you know? And I think there's a lot of evidence to say that he is. Well, apparently, when he was being interviewed after the game, is, you know, i Dale Lawley's a good friend of mine, and we do the Steelers show together, and he was right next to Ben whenever he said it, and he said, "Well, maybe I just don't have it anymore." You know, kind of like, "I know I have it." Uh, you know, you guys think I don't, but that's the context I was told of how he said it. Like, "Man, yeah, maybe I just don't have it anymore." Of course, I still have it. You know, is what he was was saying. And, however, so you know what like I mean. It.
1: Instead of saying, screw you, I have it, you know. Right, like,
0: yeah, maybe you're right, maybe I don't have it. But, if, you know, deep down saying, like, yeah, of course I still am great. Which I hope that's the way he does perceive himself, because if you lose that athletic arrogance, I think half the battle is already shot. You know what I mean? Like, you have to have that to get on the field to do what they do. However, you know, I mean, there's also a theory, you know, that Chuck. it keeps going back to Chuck Knoll saying, if you're talking about retirement, you might as well already be there. You know, and times have changed. All these guys have, that are 30 up, think about retirement every year. I mean, I think it's crazy not to think about retirement if you're Rivers, Eli, Breeze, all these guys year to year. But you wonder, what if he is 5% less dedicated or, you know, know, is thinking about it more. That It's really a real thing for him. It could be the difference. I mean, he certainly is not playing well, and I know it's really come to the forefront this week because he threw five picks, but I think he's played at that level the entire season, and this week he got a little unluckier than others and threw more interceptions. But that's who he's been all year. Yeah you know yeah it's interesting because
1: the the words i i haven't heard it in that context every every time i heard about it it was just those words but yeah i yeah. mean depending on how a guy says he can be sarcastic in answering a, a, a question so i i think that's very important for people to know um but yeah the five interceptions is the problem i mean the five interceptions <laughs> and continuing a slump it's probably a bigger problem than those six words, right?
0: Absolutely. And he can joke and act tough and say he has it all he wants, but his play isn't showing it. Right. Right. And here's another thing.
1: Today he, come, he Today he kind of defended his thoughts, I think, and said, so oh, of course I feel like I'm one of the best. So it's just something we're going to have to keep an eye on, I,
0: I think. And it's certainly you every day, right? Yeah, and to be honest, I was kind of out ahead of this, and you know that I've been saying it before most people in the media that you know what's wrong with the Steelers' offense, and I keep saying the quarterback's not playing well enough. It's not the only problem, but it's a problem, and we know that that can sink all ships in an offense. You know, he's 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 hurting. He's more of a liability than an asset right now.
1: They're they're in
0: that division, right? I'm sorry, what's that? They're lucky they're in that division, aren't they? Right now, but you look at Cincinnati's schedule, it's not real hard. They're playing a little bit better. I mean, it's it used to be a foregone conclusion that the Steelers are going to win this thing. They keep playing like this. It's not a foregone conclusion. I think all of us would still put a chip in Pittsburgh's favor that they're going to win the division, but um, they are playing like a very mediocre team. Right, yep. Well,
1: we we are recording, it is about, what, 12.35 East Coast time right now. And there was a trade in the NFL this morning. Um, I don't know if it's a big trade, certainly a big name, but Adrian Peterson to the Arizona Cardinals. Just happened. What, what's your initial thoughts?
0: Makes a lot of sense. Um, the Cardinals don't have anyone that they can hand the ball to with some regularity their offense is an old school throw it down the field um a little bit more throwbackish type of of a group you know that um obviously they threw to David Johnson a very very high percentage of the time and with a great great success last year but i do think that they could be you know arians could easily adapt to a lot more seven-step drops, a lot of Peterson on early downs, pound the ball, play action. I guess I get it. I mean, they said it was an undisclosed draft pick. I assume that's like a seventh-rounder. I mean, I don't think they gave up a lot for him, that's for sure. Um, But I think the Saints aren't happy that he's gone, but he never fit there at all. And I don't know if he's he's washed up or not yet either. I mean, usually it's something I've been saying all week about Ben is – I think quarterback's the hardest position to see if a guy's washed up. You know, like running backs, you see, like, he can't get out of anyone's way. Um, I don't know, Peter. We haven't seen enough of him to make that decision. So I think we'll at least see him featured in Arizona. Um, And I think it really opens the door for Kamara and Ingram, who I think they love. I mean, I think they love Kamara.
1: To me, I guess there's three things that stand out. One is kudos to the Saints uh, realizing, hey, it's okay to make a move and not work out and move on. And I mean, yeah. usually, when this happens, they they cut players. Teams do so for them to get anything for Peterson is is good. You know, it, it, good deal for them. Good flip. They he was only a, a say for a few months. Another thing is the Cardinals are clearly just playing for the next few months. I mean. Now they have another old guy on the team and in the in their <laughs> offensive skill positions, so they're not going anywhere. They're just trying to survive the schedule. And I don't. And the third thing is, I think people are excited about this trade because it's Adrian Peterson's name. But it, you know, it's his game is not equaling his name at this point of his career so i don't think it's all that big a deal i re- i don't think we're going to say oh man that really ignited the
0: cardinals you right. know what i mean like I all think of a sudden it's an old guy getting traded at this point yeah that nobody else wants <laughs> you know, i mean yeah. it's the reality of it you know that yeah i don't think it's like boy the cardinals are going to be 11 to 5 now you know like and peterson's going to rush for 1000 yards no i don't think that at all i think it's a lot more along the lines of Emmett Smith's last days in Arizona or Franco Harris in Seattle. You know, I mean, this uh, OJ Simpson is a Niner, you know, like, yeah, yeah it was a great career hall of famer. And my son will say, Oh, he played for the saints. Oh, he was a yeah. Cardinal. I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I love
1: that by the way, that's one of my favorite things is when old guys go to, you know, like you did OJ Simpson and the Niners. You know, I remember that my dad, I'm like, Duke Snyder was a giant, you know, going to baseball. It's just,
0: Willie Mays with Met. the Mets. Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. it's great. Like, um,
1: yeah,
0: Namath played for the Rams.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, you know, people,
1: and then the Brett Favre who goes from the Packers to the Jets, pretty nondescript of the Jets, and then has a late spark with the Vikings. So people will forget that Jets part of uh, Brett Favre's career. Yeah, right. Uh, like let's go. Kurt yeah, Warner that. with the Giants. Yeah, exactly. You still yeah, that's that's a great example. Great example. Um, let's go to Monday Night Football. Were you as uh, kind of, for lack of a better word, offended as much as a lot of people were by Zimmer keeping in Bradford? Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I sent a tweet out or two, like, what the hell, let's get this guy out of the game. You know what I mean? like, Why can't you see it while well, the rest of the world can? And I think it was RG3 that a bunch of – I didn't even know he was on Twitter. A bunch of people retweeted him saying something along the lines of you have to get him out. He can't defend himself. And that's the key is it's different if you're out there with a bad finger and you're just not throwing the ball well enough like Stafford at the end of last year. But if you're afraid for your well-being because you can't defend yourself out there, you've got to get him out, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I just don't know what the head coach is thinking there. And it's not a like case Keaton was not giving them a chance at all.
0: No, you know, right. You know, the they won games a game they
1: won' And they won the game. So are you just going to further mess up Bradford's career? And I think the thing that we all know about Sam Bradford and his career is that sometimes he gets a little glum, and the injuries have, got on, have gotten to him mentally. So why put him through
0: that? Right. like It was a bad look, that's for sure. I wonder now, you know, is he going to throw him right back in there next week and he'll be fine, or did he make it worse, or is he even more tentative? And, you know, I'm I'm really getting exaggerating here, but, uh, you know, him and Teddy Bridgewater are free agents after the year. You know, like you would think they'd pick Bradford, but if he's, you know, a little damaged physically and mentally, maybe they don't. I I don't know. I mean, it's just where do we go from here with Bradford and the Vikes? Right, right. yeah, they,
1: they may have,
0: uh, you know, won the battle last night by
1: winning the game, but, you know, the, the war is still there to be won for them. I, you know what I mean? I, that may right. not have been a banner night for that organization.
0: They might look back on week five and say, man, we really screwed things up.
1: Yeah. What's your thoughts on the rookie quarterback for the Bears? Certainly a hell of a two-point converter. That was the
0: best play I've ever seen. I loved it. That was fun. Um, And it it does kind of amaze me. NFL coaches are so damn boring. I mean, why not do more of that kind of stuff? No one ever sees it coming. It's not that hard to execute. What's the chances of getting somebody hurt? Or, you know, have some fun plays out there like you see in college. I don't know. He kind of was what I thought he was, you know, and I mean that in a good way. That there was a lot of times that I felt like him and Howard and to some degree, the line were the only competent things on the field for the bears. And that's, you know, a a vote of confidence for him. I mean, he, he seemed to have some leadership qualities. They obviously designed the offense around him. You know, I, I sent out a tweet saying, boy, Jordan Howard's a really good zone runner and Trubisky might be a perfect fit too. You know, that, Play action off that outside zone, roll out the other way, get it out quick, half field reads, good athlete, accurate. It's a real good start. You know, I mean, I think he's kind of took it where we left off in the preseason, uh, unlike somebody like Kaiser. Um, but the weapons, the receivers are just so terrible. Right.
1: Right. But. If He he has to look like the game wasn't too big to him, and he has to look like he could be a good player, and that's really the bottom line for the Bears this season, right? I don't know if it's their yeah. record. If they get into this offseason, knowing Trubisky is their quarterback of the future. That's a successful year for them.
0: Right, right. I mean, I think if you're a Bears fan, you say, you know, they they showed that graphic that they went through, I don't know, Thirty quarterbacks or whatever since Jim McMahon, you know, and only the Browns have had more, and Bears fans have had to endure that year after year. And I think you could say right now, if you're a Bears fan, I think there's a pretty good chance we have our long-term guy here, you know, and he may look terrible next week, but and then you think about it and you say, this defense is pretty good. We can run the ball. Let's say we sign Allen Robinson this offseason and use a second round pick on a wide receiver. We might be okay.
1: Yeah, it, it, and it's the. I'm glad you brought up the the Browns because they're the anti Bears so far this year. Is that they give their young quarterback a chance? And if the Bears were to go three and thirteen and Kaiser looked like he was the guy, the program would be sparked. But it's not because you know they. It's still probably going to have to answer their quarterback in the off season. I want to mention. Uh, I thought Miles Garrett. At least that's a bright spot for the. Browns, they finally got him on the field, and he gets two sacks right away. That's exactly what they need, at least
0: on defense, right? Yeah, and so I'm glad you brought up the Browns, because I just turned in an article about Kaiser, and I thought, and basically my big-picture thoughts on the Browns are, you guys should be better than this at this point. You know, Hugh Jackson's 1-20 and is the head coach. But I do think there's two bright spots in that, well, I mean, young ones. I think Garrett, like you said, And Njoku keeps showing up week after week, too, and flashing, and you see the ability, and you look at him and say, I could see him being a star down the road. But in my article was kind of where they are with Kaiser, and I'm not defending him. People know that I was high on him coming out. He has not played well. Uh, He is not justified where I thought he would be. However, awful weapons, they don't run the ball a high percentage of the time, which makes zero sense to me. And the worst part, and I understand this eventually might be what he is, but Hugh Jackson is asking an awful lot from him. I mean, seven-step drops, long-developing routes, reading the whole field. There's much, much more on his plate than Watson or Trubisky or maybe even Goff. You know, like, they're. I don't understand why they're – it's almost like they're putting him in a in a position not to succeed. Like this is high level quarterbacking they're asking of him with a bad supporting cast, and it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, what do you expect him to do?
1: Yeah, and
0: I mean, I got two responses to
1: that. Is maybe that he's just trying. He knows it's a lottery ticket, and he's just seeing if he can seeing if he could be his guy. And if not, he'll figure it out later. And another thing is, I think. Hugh Jackson doesn't play around. He's a um, a really confident offensive coach that is going to give his full weapon. You know, he's going to make his quarterback do the whole deal, I think. So that's how I look at it. I don't know if I said that very, you know, he intelligently did. or not. But I think Hugh Jackson is, is of the mind that you can either do it or you're not going to do it.
0: And I can I can understand that, you know, if – we're going to throw him into a college level course, even though he's a 16 year old kid, but he's really smart, you know? So if you can do it, great. And, you know, if you can, and and I'm fine with that approach. I mean, it's a risky one. It's a hard one. It's a big hill, but in order to do that approach, you have to realize you can't pull him. (laughs) He has to be the guy. You're married to him then that, you know, if you're going to put him in this hard-level class, you can't uh, put Hogan in. You know what I mean? Like, And my thoughts when I keep seeing Hogan in there are Hogan's better than Kaiser right now. And Hogan gives him a better chance to win. And that makes me wonder if Hugh is starting to worry about his job security. You know, like 1-20 in 20 is not looking good. And we all knew this Browns thing was going to take a lot of time. And a year ago, they had the worst roster I've ever seen. But if ownership's putting pressure on them, I wonder if they don't follow through. We know they're not the most patient organization.
1: Right. And we, You know, we're 15 minutes into the show, and we haven't talked about two just gut-wrenching injuries, Odell Beckham and J.J. J. Watt, out for the year. And, you know, we talk about injuries every week, and we just say how bad it sucks. And these are two really sucky injuries, huh? I mean, losing yeah. superstars.
0: Yeah, I mean the the Watt one for many reasons. You know, for, first of all, obviously he's the most popular guy in Houston in terrible times and is really gone out of his way to help the city in a really rough situation. Obviously, but then from a football perspective, you look at it and say, you know, he, he just got off a massive injury and it was starting to really round into shape, and he's potentially the best defensive player we've ever seen. Is he ever going to be the same? You know, is he Gail Sayers? You know, I mean, and oh, by the way, really hurts Houston's chances this year, even though they're in an easy division. And they lost Merciless. <laughs> I mean, that no one even talks about that, but he's a Pro Bowl yeah, type guy, rated too.
1: guy, for sure.
0: Yeah. So all of a sudden, you used to think, boy, they got Merciless, Watt, and Clowney up front. This is going to be a handful. Now well, they just lost two of those three. Is Clowney
1: having a good year? I, I, you know, maybe I should know that, but I, I, you know,
0: it's funny you ask because I don't really know either. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think he's been a liability out there. I mean, I've watched him, and he does make plays, and he certainly has big play potential. Um, as a big picture thought, I mean, I think he's a little overrated. You know that I don't think he's as fluid or as flexible or as you know, explosive as some of the Khalil Mack, Vaughn Miller, Justin Houston types, you know, I mean, they use him between the tackles more than people realize. And and he is a really good player, but he's a little bit straight line. Um, I I don't know. I I would have to say middle of the road, but I kind of have to look into that, too, which is weird. I mean, usually you just kind of know those things off the top of your head.
1: Yeah. I mean, and he was coming on last year and he was healthy. It'd be like, man, this guy's making plays. And because he's finally healthy, he's been healthy this year. I just haven't heard his name much. And maybe that's my fault. I don't know. But let's get back to what I, I did a story for FanRag yesterday. I talked to Shannon Sharp, Hall of Famer, of course, and a few NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame voters. And, and the question is Has he done enough? If his days of, as a productive NFL player are behind him, and I think it's a fair question after going out two years in a row early with serious injuries, serious, serious injuries. Um, you know, he's going to be 29 next year. Maybe he doesn't come back and produce. Maybe, you know, who knows. But in his five years of production, has he done enough to become a Hall of Famer? And, um, you know, most of the answers were yes. Shannon Sharp was a resounding yes. He said he's him and Lawrence Taylor are the best players that on defense he's ever seen and I mean what's your thoughts has he done enough
0: for me yes you know and I mentioned Gail Sayers earlier and obviously I didn't see Gail Sayers play every game but it's similar situation or Terrell Davis and I don't think Davis belongs but um I think if you're that elite I mean he has three defensive MVP awards I mean that's that's pretty crazy I mean uh, how many guys do we know that won three in a row MVPs on either side of the ball? I mean, just clearly the best player on the entire side of the ball year after year. You know, that that's really something that, for me. Um, I had somewhere else to go with that, and I don't remember where it is. But, yeah, I do think he is a very deserved Hall of Famer. Um, and I do think he's right there with LT and Reggie White and the all-time best defensive players we've seen.
1: The thing about him is he had so many like blow up the the world plays, you know, like oh my god, and they're yeah. also impactful and you know, I mean, and 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 that's that's what you want from your defensive difference makers is changing the game, you know, and 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 making everybody notice your number of out of the twenty two, and that's what I think made him special.
0: Absolutely, special, and. Like. You know, when you watch Coach's tape before his back injury, there were times where the opponent would scheme it up that they would have three blockers on him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he still would get through sometimes. You know, it wasn't like he was totally shut out either. You know, like, the opponent knew who he was and had to get him blocked, and they still couldn't do it. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, though, is, is I heard somebody... I, I'm, I, I, can, I like pro football focus, but, you know, I have mixed feelings on it. But I guess Watt, in his prime basically broke their system. Like, they didn't think it was conceivable to have someone grade as well as he consistently did so that if he was 100 out of 100, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but the next guy would have to be like an 80 or a 60 or something, you know, to make the numbers work. Like, he broke their system. Wow. J- grading on the J.J. Watt curve, huh? <laughs> right, right. Like, he this is so much further ahead than number two. Yeah, crazy.
1: Now, Odell Beckham Jr., he's a guy who, and he has a long way to go, but he's a guy who has Hall of Fame potential, I think. Um, Yeah. And and that just sucks for him, being out for the rest of the year. And obviously the Giants are going nowhere. And You know, I saw somebody tweet the other day, you know, at the beginning of the year we thought maybe the New York team that would get the number one pick and the quarterback, the rookie quarterback would be the Jets, but now it's looking like it might be the Giants. Giants are 0-5, and, I mean, I don't see that turning around without their star, you know, receiver. And and Brandon Marshall, I know he didn't have a great year, but he's out for the year, too.
0: Right, right. There's a lot of problems there, obviously. Um, The defense hasn't been quite as good as last year. They were very healthy last year. That clearly isn't the case. I thought Eli was a big problem a year ago and remains so they took the approach this off season of we're going to add pass catchers instead of blockers. That philosophy hasn't worked out. They still don't run the ball very well. Um, and we've seen in the past, and even this year, there are two different offenses with and without Beckham. You know, the, he's that good. And I do think he's on a Hall of Fame pace. And you would hope that, you know, when we look back 10 years from now and we, we capsulize Odell's, you know, career – this was a speed bump and he gets right back on it and scores 12 touchdowns next year and is a great player for, you know, the rest of his career. Um, in a way, this could be a blessing though, you know, that they're 0-5, but I don't think any of us think they're playing like an 0-5 team. You know, like the Browns are 0-5 and they've earned it. And the Niners are 0-5, but they've they've been close in games, but they don't have a lot of talent. I mean, the Giants are – if they played a round-robin tournament between those three teams, the Giants would crush them. You know, I mean, they would win those games. They've just won a lot of close, tough games, or they've lost a lot of close, tough games. And at this point, you know, they're probably on pace to be a 4-12 and type of team. And it might be – might, they might look at that, you know, that blip in the radar of the Giants, you know, legacy and say, well, that's where they end up getting Sam Darnold and – we got right back on it, you know? I mean, uh, I'm not a believer in tanking, so to speak, but um, I think you have to think that maybe they're in that quarterback bowl, like you said, is a top-five type of pick.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, yeah, I just don't know. I I know they're not an 0-16 type team, but, I mean, they're going to – I don't know if they get to four wins. I don't know if they – you know if they go 4 and 7 the rest of the way. I mean, so the Giants are going to have a high pick either way. Yeah, 4 well, and 7 seems like winning a winning Yeah, a couple winning teams now. To me the, the the Carolina Panthers are quietly 4 and 1. You know what I mean? It's like we've talked about them not really impressing us very much, but now that you look at their their record and they're 4 and 1.
0: Yeah, last Tuesday on my Locked On NFL podcast, I did a power ranks and I clearly put Kansas City one. And then I've been on this big spiel about who's number two? You know, please give me a case for anyone to be number two. I put the Steelers at two, you know, and that looks dumb after they've got washed by the Jags. But then I put Carolina at three and I picked them to win their division. And it has been kind of quiet. And I got a lot of heat for people like, how can you put Carolina ahead of Green Bay and Atlanta and um, some of these other teams? And, And I'm like, uh, there cam looks a lot better and he looks even better this past week since then i very much trust the defense especially the front seven i think they're well coached guys like Funches and benjamin and now dixon are all stepping up and mccaffrey's a nice little addition it, it's kind of by default but they're gonna be two this week for me i mean they're a good team yeah yeah
1: and cam and cam was good again right and so maybe maybe he shook that, that rust off because he, he's had a good two last weeks.
0: Yeah, and he's driving the football down the field and throwing with velocity and playing with a little more aggression. And I know, you know, I watched that week when, they, when he looked good against the Patriots. And at that point, the Patriots were letting up a ton of points to everybody. And the people were like, don't yeah. overreact to that, Matt. Cam's playing the Patriots. The Patriots are terrible. I said, well – if you just isolate the quarterback and just watch Cam, the first time he looked like himself in a while. And I think this past week he did too.
1: Yeah. You know, the, the NFC, uh, there's some, There's going to be some real intrigue in the NFC. The Packers, I'm, a team that I wasn't in love with because of the defense, they're 4-1 and one too.
0: And, you I'm know, really excited and, for uh, Eagles. I'm excited for Eagles-Panthers Thursday night. Yeah,
1: me too. I'm excited to see it Thursday night because it's it's in 2 days and it's better than what we usually get on Thursday night, but wouldn't that game be better if it was a Sunday because it you know the <laughs> yeah. full week
0: rest. Yeah, if, if like one of that, those teams a, comes out and looks poor, I'm not going to all of a sudden say, "Oh, the Eagles were a pretender," you know. I, I wonder that we won't learn what we need to learn from that game.
1: I'm really, really liking the Eagles. I think they may go on a long run.
0: I do too, and I picked them to win their division. I love Wentz. Um, I thought their defense would be really good except at the corner position, and I was right about those things, but I didn't see them running the ball like they did. I mean, they stick with it, and even though they don't have great backs, they run the ball consistently. I didn't think that would be the case. Their offensive line is playing really well. Um, I really think Wentz is going to be a star, too.
1: I think he's going to be in January. And, yeah, I think he's going to be playing football in January. I think he's going to be so much better than he is right now. You know what I mean? I think he's just going to get better and better and better. And we may see some real signature performances from him this winter.
0: Yeah, and I love – Carr and Winston and Mariota and I'm excited about Goff and Dak and you know there's a a nice little crop of those guys you know a couple of early you know young twenties something next generation quarterbacks but I'll take Wentz over all of them
1: yeah yeah I'd have to think about that but he would certainly be in my you know my final two for sure Mm -hmm. um Let's take a moment just to praise Aaron Rodgers for a second. Don't have to do it very long, but
0: good God. I mean, once again. I I mean, I, I say the same things about him all the time, and I'm sure people that have followed me over the years know what's about to come out of my mouth. But if we line them all up, you know, Unitas, Montana, Elway, I'm pretty sure if I have the first pick in the draft, I'm taking (laughs) Rodgers. I mean, I don't want to play against him. I don't see weaknesses. I've never seen anyone like him at the hardest position in sports. He did it yet again and makes it look easy. Um, With all respect to Brady, I mean, I want Rodgers. And the thing I always say about him, and I've probably said this on the show two or three times, is all the great quarterbacks ever, you know, like – Put give me their highlight tape and be like, wow, you know, Rogers is as, about as good as any. You know, it's right there with Favre or Elway or, you know, like that's an unbelievable highlight tape. But let me, but give me his low light tape too, his worst fifty throws of his career. It might be the best one of all. You know, like Favre's yeah. is nasty. <laughs> you know, like there's no lows. Right.
1: Yeah, and I and I think that's the uh, and that's the key. And we have talked about that before, but I don't care. I mean, if we got a guy in the now who you think you draft number one ever, I think we talk about it as much as we can. And Aaron Rodgers, I think everybody knew, including the Dallas Cowboys, including everybody in that stadium, that Aaron Rodgers was going to win that game with a minute left. It was just how is he going to yeah. do it?
0: Absolutely right. You know, like. It almost, you know, Dak is going into the end zone, and part of me is thinking, dude, take a knee at the one <laughs> and, and yeah. eat more clock because this isn't going to end yeah. well. Yeah.
1: Moving to just a few more topics. Um, let's stick with a quarterback because I'm move on to a couple other quick things. I think Kirk Cousins deserves some credit for, you know, a lot of people say all man, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him this year. But he's playing pretty well in this contract year, and this really weird contract year. Don't you think? I mean, I, I just kind of thought yeah. about that yesterday because I you know, did a little bit of the thing that he's going to be facing the 49ers this week and the team that he's been connected to for months and months and months and how much it's going to be talked about this week. But this dude is really handling the pressure and is playing pretty well.
0: Yeah, he really is. And he's a little bit out of sight, out of mind because they didn't play this week. But right. the team in general has certainly exceeded my expectations. I think yeah. they're well coached. You know, the defense Good is better defense, than I, I thought. Think I not
1: expected that.
0: No. I mean, they're highly competitive against anyone. I mean, they're a top-ten team for sure, in my opinion. Um, they don't have noticeable weaknesses. Cousins seems to keep getting better. You know, I mean, i hammered him early in his career. Because my big thing with him was, if you remember, like, his first – 20, 25 games, something like that, he was on the pace to throw the most interceptions ever. <laughs> I mean, he turned the ball over at an insane amount for the first two years or so of his career. And that's okay if you're Brett Favre. It's not okay, but it's you know a little more acceptable if you're a superstar talent, kind of like we were talking about earlier with great quarterbacks. And he wasn't, but he's really cut down on that and he still makes nice you know, big throws as well. He's a quality player. Yeah. Yeah, and he's going to get paid big, big, big money. Oh, man. I mean, you know, I would imagine. And, and
1: cool, he deserves it. It's
0: great. Right, right. I mean, I hope that keeps up and it doesn't end up being a flacco handcuffing your team type contract. But, I mean, if you insert him in San Francisco and with a, you know, a really high pick, they draft a great receiver or they sign Allen Robinson or, you know, like or imagine him in Cleveland right now, or, you know, Jacksonville. I mean, the Jags would be a really good team if he was their quarterback. Oh, a really good team, yeah. And that's the team I
1: actually want to talk about. Jacksonville's defense, top three defense. I mean, I hear some people talk about it may be the best in the league, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's in that neighborhood for sure. A lot of ability, a lot of speed. Um, You know, if we were having a draft right now of you could pick every defensive player in the league, Jalen Ramsey would be a top three or four type of pick for me, you know, when you consider youth, you know, that type of deal. I think he's on a Hall of Fame pace, too, you know, like a Beckham. Um, Already, wow, that's something. I I really think he's going to be, you know, I think he's right behind Patrick Peterson right now as the best corner, and, you know, he hasn't played that much. I mean, it's all ahead of him. You know, we we taught. I, I analyzed them to death this past week, going into the Sealer game, of course. And the numbers said they're the pe- best pass defense in the league, and at the very bottom of league in run defense. And I kept telling people around here, I'm like, yeah, but the the tape doesn't show that. You know, they've they've it's a small sample size. They've allowed a couple big runs last week. Balau Powell falls down, and everyone thought he was down. He gets up and runs 60 yards or whatever. Um, but still the Steelers didn't attack them on the ground though. I mean, like that's, that made me crazy. And I've been analyzing that like crazy from a Steeler perspective Has been through way too many passes considering the way he's playing that they kind of played right into the Jags hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you really think Ramsey is on a hall of fame track already?
0: I'm not Question. I mean, it's only a year and a half, or it's only 20 yeah. games, but I think he's that type of player that he'll be, you know, uh, one of the best, absolute best corners in the league for the next 10 years and already is, and is as gifted as anyone not named Patrick Peterson. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think he's a total stud. And if he and, was in and, New Yorker, we'd all know about it. Right.
1: And, and Miles Jack is playing well, too, isn't
0: he? Yeah, he is. You know, that... They're really active on the second level. Talvin Smith's a really good player that nobody talks about. Uh, they, they can really run. Calais Campbell's been a great addition. Another star in the making that no one knows about is Nindokwe, their third-round pick last year. He's a really talented yep. guy. You know, they've invested heavily on defense, and they're getting their money's worth.
1: And fail, how's Fowler doing? Not bad, right?
0: Not bad, yeah. I mean, the best season of his career, he's been disappointing up till now. Um, showing promise, put it that way. Yeah. Malik Jackson's really good too. And
1: right. Bouye. Yeah. Yeah, they they're they're stacked, no doubt about it. Um let's close out the show talking about a team that we've been kinda of hard on this year and I thought really showed up and and, and made, you know, cliche but made a statement was the Seattle Seahawks. You know, the the Rams are averaging thirty five points a, 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 a game in their wins. They've held them to ten points. And the Seahawks really needed that win to show the Rams, hey, well now now we're going to be tied with you, but this is still our division. You still have to go through us. We'll see you in Seattle in Week 15.
0: Yeah, and they may see him again after that. I mean, I really think these teams. Watching that game, I thought that these were pretty evenly matched teams. You know that um, we talked about the best defense in the league. I still think Seattle's in that conversation. You know they still have a lot of star power everywhere you look and. Earl Thomas being back is gigantic from a year ago, but they got a lot of concerns on the other side of the ball too. You know that they're really up and down, and they don't run the ball, and the line's a problem, of course. Um, in a way, I kind of thought it was a a moral victory for the Rams almost that you, that you can hang toe to toe with Seattle, and I guess you could look at it the way you said too that we're still big brother. You know, we still pushed you down a little. Um, but there was two or three plays that could have gone either way, and you know the Rams could have got that win. It was close from start to finish. My least favorite rule in football happened in that game. I don't know if you saw it, but Gurley's going into the end zone, reaches out, and the ball—you know—he's he, the ball fumbles into the end zone and goes out of the end zone. I mean, we've seen this a million times, and it's a touchback for the defense. Like, I don't understand what the Seahawks did to deserve the football. You know, like, I think we've talked about this before, but that makes me crazy. That the Rams should have it where he fumbled the ball at the one. You know, like, he's reaching out, it hits the pylon or whatever, and comes out of his hands. And all of a sudden, they lose possession of the ball. I mean, it's like a 10-point a, a swing. I mean, it's a gigantic play, and Seattle did nothing to deserve the football. I mean, it, it, it makes me crazy in this league.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so your overall point is the Rams could have won that game and they hung in there, and and, and, that's, yeah. and that's good for them, yeah. But I didn't see a whole lot of it, but it it, it seemed like it was a pretty good football game.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, physical game, I, I could see that developing into a rivalry. Two young quarterbacks, organizations that are pretty strong. I believe in the Rams. I mean, I, I think they have some defensive questions, and this wasn't Gurley's best day, but Seattle's D is really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, hey, great show, Matt. Appreciate it. We will
0: talk next week after
1: week six. Thanks, everybody. For listening to No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, talk to you soon. Absolutely,
0: bud. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to...
1: Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.